You're listening to The Heart of It Podcast. My name is Sam Smeltzer, and I'm an HR intuitive and healer. In this podcast, we'll chat about what the industry of human resources can make possible for people and our organizations. In each episode, we'll have raw conversation around inner development and organizational culture change to create a working world where both people and organizations thrive. Thank you for listening. Now let's get this episode started. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for um, taking time out of your day or evening to join us and listen to this episode of the Heart of It podcast. We're getting ready to launch into our second book in the Chapter Chats Summer Book Club series via podcast. Um, And I'm really excited about this book. It is The Law of Divine Compensation by Marianne Williamson. Uh, This is a book that I read a while ago. Uh, It made a lot of sense for me because of the struggles that I continually have financially. And to make this even more interesting, uh, I mentioned early on that we didn't have as many people that signed up for this book club because we know that this is the year of me just making it happen and next year will be the year of planning. But my husband, Josh Smeltzer, was so gracious to be willing to process this book with me, which I think will be really interesting because he is literally the yang to my yin in regards to finance components. He's what balances me out. Um, And several people always ask me from a financial aspect uh, how we manage that as a couple. And um, here is a book that kind of brings together these universal... Uh, thoughts and lessons in regards to how to handle money or think about money and now it's going to allow Josh and I to have these conversations with all of you included about what that means in regards to how we function as a couple and even independently um, pursuing things so thank you for joining me for the next three episodes as we process this small but very uh, loaded packed book um, Josh, do you have anything to say before we get started? Uh, no, just happy to be here and excited about these next three weeks. Awesome. Thanks. So we're going to go ahead and get started as, uh, the format that we've introduced here for the chapter chats book club. Uh, we all begin with just sharing general reactions to the book, um, And what we have been reading and obviously since this is the first week with this book we're going to be sharing how this book is landing on us reading it i've already kind of hinted at that this is the second time that i've read this book um but yeah so josh do you want to start since i've been doing more of the talking already of how did you what are your first reactions upon reading the first 70 pages of the law of divine compensation sure um So I think my first reaction is, you know, I uh, just as a little bit of a background, you know, I kind of in my own way, I'm kind of in business for myself as well, too. And I've long been in and uh, driven by the fact that, like, if I want something done, I'm not big on reading books to tell me how to do it or, you know, 
writing out plans to figure out how to do it. I'm more about just going and doing it. And I think the one thing that really struck me because I've read many, you know, quote unquote, self-help books about business and about the way to do things. And all of them try to give you, um, I want to call it like the secret formula or some way to do things. And I've always been suspect of that because I just don't think that those things exist. What to me has been different about this book so far is it's more about just, you know, adjusting the mindset that you need to have for a healthy and productive and fulfilling life and applying it to the way that you think about money and you think about not just money itself, but like what you need to do in order to gain the compensation that you want to have and grow to the place that you want to be. And, um, you know, the other thing that I, I'll say, and, and we, I'm sure we'll talk about this more later, is the idea that, you know, sometimes I think people, the, the, the word that sticks out to me most in the first 70 pages is, you know, and I don't even know how much she actually uses this word, but it just kind of resonates with me, is manifest. And so you want to manifest the positive mindset and manifest the understanding that these gifts have already been given to you and it's just your choice to to take them and, and to use them to get, get where you want to be and to not let negative manifestations, you know, via anger and guilt and things like that cloud your brain and, and keep you from accomplishing what you want. But I think, and the one thing I get out of this is I think sometimes, to me, this is like a perfect culmination of getting in the right mindset, but also your own self of what you need to do. The one thing that I read from Marianne Williamson in this book was the idea that you can't just manifest and think about these things and want these things to happen and pray for them to happen. There's that part of it to get you in the right mindset, but then it's up to you to go and do it as well too. And I think that's sometimes where I get, I don't want to say discouraged by the, the, the industry in general that tries to help you to grow, because sometimes I feel like they just are like, if you get yourself in the right mindset, it'll happen. And I'm, and you know this, a firm believer in that it's not the case of what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, um, I have to say that reading this book, I was, and this is a trend, I think, of all the books that we're reading this summer, is uh, I was nervous. Because the last time that I read this book, and we kind of briefly... Uh, had this interaction because Josh had asked me when was the last time and I I don't know specifically all I remember is I during the journey of reading it we had gone to a New York Knicks game um, and I'm pretty sure I was pregnant so um, so when we got stranded there yes so I think that uh, it's been a while but the one thing I remember crystal clear about this book is that I had it probably for close to a year or a year and a half before I finished it. And it's not, it's not a big book and it's not a, technically a hard read. The pages are small and the text is a reasonable size. Um, but my struggle with it was that it was so kind of heart and gut wrenching that everything hit home on so many different levels. Um, and so I couldn't even get to the state of action because my mindset was just so off. Um, and so I would just basically take forever processing a page and then also recognizing that I wasn't ready to even implement the things that she had been sharing. Um, this time I felt much better that going through these 70 pages there, obviously I'm getting, when we get to connections, I'll share with you. There is a chapter in here that I still really struggle with. And that's the one that obviously resonated most strongly with me this past week. 
Um, but for the most part, there was a lot of things that I read that I could move to action and it became more affirming and assuring. Um, and more so like the gentle reminders that I think is what the aim of this book should be. It should be something that you can return to and help make sure your mindset's in the right place so that you can move to action. And the action, I want to say the action is, is almost along the lines with what we've been reading in the last book with the slight edge of easy to do and easy not to do. There's nothing monumental, but I also know when it comes to the world of finances, me <laughs> being right there with many of you, uh, it's a struggle and it's a challenge. And um, she covers some topics on here in regards to material and material planes and wants and do you really want something or does it really matter, which is a lesson that I've heard time and time again, yet I, I, uh, I struggle with that kind of aspect. Still, I'm better, but I think I'm better. I guess Josh can say if I'm better or not. <laughs> um, but it's still an act of struggle for me. So with that, that's a great transition. Let's move into where did we really connect with this book? So Josh, where where did it really hit home for you? Um, I think the things that really hit home were like when they started, I mean, you had the first kind of like introductory chapters kind of talking about things, but then they went into things about like anger and guilt and um, a negative sense of self. So whether that dealt with, and the way that I kind of like looked at it is, I mean, and I'll say that I saw this with you, not recently, but over the past is, you know, when you talk about just money itself and some of the struggles that you have had with it, you would almost like the more guilty you felt about it, the more it just became like a self-sabotaging process. And I think that exists for many people. I mean, for, that's pretty much how the whole credit card industry exists is they feed off of that. And, um, same way. And I see it with myself, maybe in other ways, not so much just with money, but I think about it with like, you know, again, going back to the word manifesting, like, I mean, I understand that every day when I go to work or right now walk three feet into my office at home to go to work, um, it's all about the mindset that I take to it as far as what that day is going to be like in every one of those interactions with my clients. And if I'm, I'm angry about something, if, I'm concerned that I did something wrong or had a bad interaction with a client or I feel bad about something or I'm, you know, upset about, you know, something that many times is outside of my control, it's going to have a huge impact on the rest of my day. And I mean, I think to me the understanding that just the smallest change in mindset of letting those things go, of forgiving yourself. Um I think she uses the word atonement, which can be, you know, whether that's atonement to yourself, atonement to somebody else that's negatively impacted you, um, whatever it may be, um, I think is, um, is such a huge way to kind of change your mindset around and go forward. And, and, you know, the other thing, and she didn't specifically talk about maybe individuals specifically about this, but like she brought up scenarios in the greater sense of failed businesses of, you know, struggles with money. And I mean, you look at, you know, some of the, some of the wealthiest people in the world, how many times they went boom and bust before they got to where they are now or some of the greatest entrepreneurs, you know, how many businesses failed until they found the one that really took off. And I think the idea that, you know, if you let yourself get stuck into the mentality because one thing doesn't work out and I mean, you know, break it down to your own simple life of, 
something that you know kept you from getting your last promotion at work or you know a job opportunity that didn't play out and whether it was because of something you did or didn't do or whether it was because of something else somebody else did a business partner a colleague a boss whatever it might be you know holding on to those things is not all it is going to do is impact you longer term and it literally can freeze you for a really long period of time and just kind of keep you from moving forward and i think so what really hit it home to me is just the the necessity of letting those things go um not underestimating how hard that process can be but that you know you have to let those things go in order to move forward yeah i am and this is when i was talking about the easy to do and easy not to do I mean, letting things go, forgiving people, moving past when you've lost everything, those are not simple things to do. Yet when Marianne Williamson writes and she teaches and she uses premises from um, from a metaphysical text uh, called A Course in Miracles, she shares that, you know, it is a simple adjustment in our perspective. It is a change in mindset that is not what we normally embrace culturally that allows us to do those things easily rather than choosing to struggle. And that really feeds in to, for me, the chapter on releasing anger, which is one that I have struggled with for several years. Um, I've, you know, I've shared this earlier in the podcast. Um, but when I first started my medical Qigong training, um, and I was so, I was uh, so overwhelmed by all of the signs of unwellness that were being taught to us. Uh, and every time that he would share, my teacher would share symptoms, I would be like, I have those and I have those. So I have deep rooted grief or anger issues. And But at the end of the day, when he was, you know, if you were to tally up the symptoms, where I was really struggling was in the anger bucket. And I don't really classify myself as an angry person. Um, and I approached my teacher to ask him clarifying questions in regards to this. And he basically asked me flat out, well, are you an angry person? You don't seem like it, but usually this would equate to being an angry person. And he's like, and he was trying to assure me like, but you don't seem like it. Like, I don't get the feel, the vibes that you're this angry, um, individual just stomping around. Um, but as I left and I started to reflect on it, I was angry. There were certain people that I was very much angry at. Uh, and I've grown and I've forgiven some. There are still some that are there. And I know that this is something that holds me back. Um, and there's just a line in here that she says, she, uh, she says basically forgiveness is looking at people with a spiritual knowledge of their innocence rather than the mortal perception of their guilt. Um, and that really strikes a chord because I know that it's true. Even the people that I still hold anger for, I know that it's not, um, what is the word? Malicious, I guess, malicious intent. Uh, it is um, them being the best that they can at their ability and showing up in life. And the actions at their best abilities are causing me pain and hurt uh, that I'm translating it into anger. But to move to forgiveness, <laughs> even though I recognize that is still a huge challenge for me. Um, and there's, she gives you some tools that are prayers or mantras to shift your perception. And I spent a lot of time this week uh, reflecting on those mantras and using them because 
it really started to stir things up so much so that I think I was reading and Josh was sitting next to me and we were out on the back porch and I was like, do you think I'll ever be able to forgive this person? And uh, he said, yes, because that's, that's part of your path moving forward. It's inevitable. It will come. Um, but it's just hard. So even when those things seem impossible, it is possible. We just have to take little steps, not to go back to the slight edge, but this whole idea of it takes a penny if you have the intention and the willingness to want to forgive that penny, even if you take and are just collecting one penny a day of willingness to forgive, one day it will add up that you'll be able to forgive that individual, move on, uh, and recognize it for what it is. I'll mention something else. I'm going to probably pivot a little off of what you were saying, but that hit me was that, like, uh, you know, she talked a lot about, and I'm not actually sure when she wrote this book, but it was pretty pertinent to when it is today, but she talked about how many of us get frozen, you know, by doing things like anger and blame about external circumstances around us that we can't control, whether it's, and I think this is really um, relevant today as well, too, um, you know, whether it's because of political situations or because of the whole pandemic we're going through right now. And I, the point is, is like, you know, every day we can all wake up, at least this is the way I view it, and find a million reasons why things aren't going to go right and a million reasons why whatever we want isn't going to happen. That's way easier than figuring out and trusting in the reasons that are. And um, the, the, the reality is there's just so many opportunities out there. And sometimes we approach it through such a small lens. You know, I think back to this kind of silly saying through a training that I went through, you know, probably 15 years ago almost, maybe not quite that long. And there was this thing that would always say um, in business, it was SW, SW, SW. And that was um, some will, some won't, someone's waiting. And that's the idea that what, whatever it is, is don't get hung up on whatever just recently happened because it will make you freeze. And you can like, you know, if you had an interaction with a colleague or a client or whatever, and it didn't go right, you can literally focus and, and, and think about that for years and not, and just have it impede your growth totally with the ideas. Just let it go. There's so many other opportunities out there for all of us and whatever business you're in or whatever you're trying to achieve in life to get to what your goal is and um just not not letting those things those angers the grief the guilt any of them over uh, you know cloud your your thoughts and and your beliefs of where you can ultimately get with things good all right so uh as we have been doing with chapter chats we always want to leave you with a passage or a quote um, and hopes that maybe you'll pick up the book but if not maybe this will speak to you and serve you this week um, and give you something to ponder on as we have been pondering on all of these beautiful words that we've written or read all week not written read all week um, mine uh, I think speaks beautifully to kind of what you just kind of shared uh, in your pivot because this is at the end of the chapter on releasing anger which should not surprise any of us that this is the one that I'm picking but she says there are clinging to old wounds might inspire sympathy for a time or even temporary support but it will not inspire invitations to start over from other people or from the universe itself and so you do have a right to get angry and have feelings in any kind of situation. But when we do cling to them and we hold on to them, 
and choose not to move forward, um, we can't expect that that support will always be there or that time will always be on our side or that things will get better. When we cling and we're stubborn and holding on to those things, we're actually going to create, uh, Josh kept saying freezing, to me it's stagnation. We almost like put a pause on life. We want to like just stew in our misery. Um, but I think this really spoke to me beautifully because it gives you permission that you are allowed to feel. We're not expected to move forward and never feel anger or never feel sad or never feel betrayed or never feel um, worthless or uh, doubt. Or, we're going to have those moments. That's the, that's the fascinating piece of being human that makes us human is not being able to be perfect, um, but it's making sure that that does not turn into permanently placing us at that moment in time indefinitely uh, is just a moment and then we move forward. So how about you, Josh? What is, What would you like to leave the listeners with? Yeah, I mean, yours was about anger. Mine will be about guilt. So I'll read this one. Guilt is savage and it never lets you off the hook. It leads to obsession, self-hatred, self-punishment, and a shattered sense of self. Yet we must always remember Guilt is untrue, for you were created as an innocent child of God, and his reality is changeless. That is why it is built into the nature of the universe that you can compensate for past errors and begin again. And I mean, the two things that I think that take away from that for me are, number one, that um, you can't hold on to guilt because we were always created to be a, a guiltless person that's how we were created by god and i truly believe that that we were we were born with a blessing not a negativity holding over us and the other thing is i think it tells you is no matter what happens in anything there's always a chance to start anew and it's not like you have this giant ledger giant you know debt that you have to pay in order to get out of it you know that's the beauty of the universe is every day you can start a new day and every day that you can um um move forward and let the past behind you with things thank you well thank you so much for taking time out of your day or evening once again to join us for this episode of the heart of it we hope that this served you and make sure you tune in next week as josh comes back and we continue to process the next 70 pages of the law of divine compensation as a reminder, chapter chats, our main focus here is to try to get you to instill the habit of reading 10 pages a day of a book that will serve you. And if you want to join us, make sure you check out the show notes at leadershipisart.com forward slash podcast. And I even include a really awesome little uh, PDF sheet that lets you follow along with the reading assignments and even solidify your thoughts um, and connections to the book. And if you want to share those with us, I would love to hear them and interact with you um, on that page as well. So thank you so much, and we'll talk to you next week. Hi, everyone. Mary Rose Ritter with Leadership Arts Associates here. Are you looking to make a career change or due to the job market? At Leadership Arts Associates, we can help refresh your resume and provide you a cover letter template for just $100. But if you reference this ad when you reach out to us, you will receive a 25% discount on that service. You can reach us at 717-430-2850 or hr at leadershipisart.com.